So how, on God's gray earth, did this... And this... And even this. The president of friends with the Pope. We're all making a fortune selling that is dope. Sitting here in Queens, eating new fried beans. Wearing all the magazines, gulping down for seats. We ain't got no friends. Our troubles never end. No Christmas cuts us in. Daddy likes men. Become this. I'm about to peer up mid. Bet you didn't know I was a German kid. Und ich finde es gut, wenn Leute lacht. Ich hab der Energie, ich hab der Kraft. Ein hübsches Mädchen gibt mir einen Kuss. Ein Geld für den Taxi, nehm den Bus. Ich bin der Listening to the Detours and Outliers show, the podcast where we take a closer look at that one album that stands out like a sore thumb in an artist's discography. Maybe their best album, maybe their worst album. But either way, it's that one album where the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. This week on the panel, we have Logan Reynard, Matthew Marr. And you know me, my name is Scott, and I'm the king of hip-hop. Because this week we're discussing the uh, 1989 D.D. Ramon, or D.D. King album, Standing in the Spotlight. Uh, just a reminder, we are on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff, and you should like, review, rate, subscribe, send us a box of cookies. Thank you very much. So, I guess, on with the show. Um... Who is Didi Ramon? Well, Didi Ramon is one of the uh, original members of the punk rock outfit, the Ramones. Probably the the most well known, most uh, prolific of the uh, um, punk rockers that came out of the 1970s, uh, and orig- originators of a, a particular style of punk rock. You know that uh, um, leaned heavily on 50s and 60s. Um, uh, you know. Um, well, popular music, yeah, and uh, you know, um, added a, a a punk rock ethos. You know, sped it up, um, made it loud, made it fun, got rid of all those annoying things like guitar solos, <laughs> and um, uh, you know, just stuck to the meat of what was really there. And um, uh, Dee Dee Ramon was um, the guy who who um, started the band, along with the uh, the person who became Johnny Ramon. Um, they all took the moniker Ramon. Um, apparently, uh, does anyone know that story? Well, uh, can't, one, I can't remember if it was John Lennon or Paul McCartney, but one of the Beatles used Ramon as a surname, as a, as a fake, uh, 
Yeah, an alias to, bone. Yeah, yeah, an alias to check into hotels. And, right, and so that you know that 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 tells you partly of what the Ramones were all about. They they dug uh, the Beatles a lot. They loved pop music, and um, they just um, didn't appreciate the um, the bombast that rock music had sort of morphed into in the uh, the nineteen seventies with lots of uh, progressive. Uh, if you want to call them that, um, I do, but some people think differently. Um, you know, the progressive bands like, um, you know, yes, or Genesis or, or, um, well, you know, there's legions of them. Uh, Pink Floyd uh, still Pink, sucks. Pink Floyd, you know, would be another, right? Right. Yeah. All these, all these bands, um, you know, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, all these bands that where you had to, um, be a, 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 an accomplished musician to play that sort of thing. And um, uh, and and um, in some cases, you had to be an accomplished musician to just understand what the hell they were playing. And, and I think the Ramones, you know, they 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 were thinking more about what did they like about rock and roll music is that that it is simple and they fast, wanted, short, dumb. Exactly. And they wanted to bring that out as much as possible. And, um, you know, they certainly succeeded in doing so. And they had a really long, long career in doing it. Um, all four guys in the band, they, they did come from, um, uh, you know, the boroughs of New York. Um, uh, they, they were not, um, you know, they, some of them did have musical backgrounds. It's not, it's not as if they were inept at their instruments, but they, uh, you know, they, they were, um, they were, um, you know, kind of working class types. Didi Ramon, uh, was a, a, uh, as a kid, he was, um, born to an American GI, and a, um, a German woman, and he spent um, a lot of his uh, childhood moving around. And I think he lived in Germany until he was, you know, perhaps 15 years old or something like this. So, so you're talking about, you know, um, not someone who necessarily, um, you know, um, went to or desired to go to the, the more um, um, academic route when it came to music or, or anything else. Yeah, there's that, that joke that, you know, if you're watching a documentary and you see Rick Wakeman in the cape, you know the next shot is going to be Johnny Rotten spitting. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they, 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 you know, and they had a huge impact, the Ramones did, on, on punk rock just as an as a art, art form. You know, they, you know, very quickly after the Ramones are hitting it big, uh, you know, you see bands like the Sex Pistols, you know, come out of England and, you know, and after that, the Clash and there's, there's, um, you know, a ton of, a ton of bands. Um, it really was the first wave, the first wave of, of punk rock and, and, uh, you know, and, and in some people's minds, the, the real thing. But I think from the Ramones point of view, it's like, no, the real thing already happened. Right? Yeah. Already, that was back in 1962 or whatever. Exa- yeah, exactly. Right. And so we're, we're just, we're just trying to, you know, bring the, bring the fun back to, um, I, back to uh, music. I remember pretty, uh, uh, vividly, um, when Dee Dee died, it was 2003 or something, early 2000s, but I remember uh, Dee Dee dying and I remember in uh, some magazine or on some, you know, web forum thing for bass player nerd stuff, there were a bunch of obituaries and, you know, I'm reading them, they're all, you know, short couple of sentences and stuff. And as I'm going down this thing, you know, yeah, there's a bunch of other punk rocker contemporaries being like, yeah, Dee Dee's the great, and like little by little it creeps in, it's a bunch of like jazz fusion guys and straight ahead jazzers who were like, I started playing the instrument because of Didi Ramone. Hmm. And it was, it was really cool to see. There was a lot of respect from a lot of musicians and a lot of genres who were 
you know, really captivated by the Ramones and their, you know, there's something powerful about having a song that's awesome. That's barely a minute long and is barely even two chords and having it be, you know, really, really good song. And really, you know, it, it kind of shakes loose the, this, you know, some creative ideas that that's, you know, that's all you need. You know, you don't need much to have a song. It's more of a, a an energy. Yeah. Um, and they than, made music you know, seem accessible. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like anybody, anybody could, can do this and everybody should do this. And all, you know, all that's necessary is the, the attitude and the, in the will. And the thing is, is that, that, uh, it, you know, there's a bit of, there's a bit of smoke and mirrors there, right? Because not everyone can do what they did. Um, you know, otherwise everyone would do that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, a yeah, a lot of their, a lot of their stuff sounds like, um, uh, you know, garage rock, but uh, at the same time, it doesn't sound like that. It sounds well, the first, sounds the first like a, album is like, you know, it's a no wave album before, you know, 10 years before no wave was really a thing. It's this anti music kind of cubist you know, Dada is like weird, you know, it, it seems highly conceptualized, but it's not, they just didn't really know how music worked. I mean, it's almost like the, 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 the shags album or something. It's like they made music from a description of music that they dread having never heard any music before it. You know, and it's, it's got some really weird, you know, there's, you know, accidental, uh, uh, excursions into really screwed up time signatures and things like that, that yeah. I'm, I'm sure they weren't doing deliberately. It's just, that was the riff they could play and they weren't going to, that's how it came you out, know, fit it into, yeah, that's how it came out, you know, Mo moving on they, next um, song, you know? Yeah. I remember, uh, when I was, when I was a kid, I may have mentioned this before. I had a buddy whose dad would take him to, um, peaches records and tape once a month and he you know let the kids you know he had two kids you know buy whatever record they wanted and i remember my buddy he came he had that the ramones album and i remember we put that on and we're listening to it and i was a little bit freaked out because i had just sort of discovered led zeppelin and i'm like where are the songs they're they're like two minutes max right they just go by so quickly you don't even have a chance to like kind of get into what's happening of course this is like you know the ramones are are they're kind of normal now. Right? Yeah. It's like normal mainstream, but it was, it was definitely, you know, something that was different. And it also was, um, you know, the, the, the sound of, of the music was so aggressive in a way that, that, um, just, just, um, it wasn't coming across. I believe Dee Dee and bands. Johnny both pretty much exclusively played all downstrokes, all downstrokes, what, whatever and, tempo yeah. they were at. And, and, uh, so, so they, they, you know, they, they definitely, they definitely, um, well, you know, clearly, clearly they, they are, they were gigantic. Yes. Now, now the eighties come along though. Yeah. And most punk bands like either the sex pistols or the clash disintegrate, right? They, they disintegrate the, uh, the, the, uh, Ramones keep sort of plugging along, but the, the musical landscape have changed a lot, right? You know, punk rock gave way to, to new wave, which was, uh, you know, sort of, uh, yeah. uh, you know, polished up punk, I guess you might yeah. want to call it, right? Um, well, and then the candy coated, yeah, yeah. no wave, which was a reaction to both <laughs> punk that, and, right. and, and new then wave. MTV, and, you know, candy coated everything, and right, right, yeah. exactly, and, and uh, but also what happened, you know, um, and, and Didi 
Ramon, or in this case, D.D. King, his his rap moniker, um, he um, what what it, what happened in the you know the seventies, the late seventies, and, and exploded in the eighties was um, rap and hip hop, and much of that did indeed emerge, um, you know, once again in New York City, where the Ramones were, you know, from, and where they still lived. You know, even even when, um, you know, but they were on tour so often, I don't know how much time they actually spent in New York. So, yeah, that might explain why it took Didi 10 years to figure out that rap was um, a thing, a thing. Right. Exactly. And that that he wanted to get on it. But 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 this is this is my take on this album is that I think I think he saw rap as something that was really fun and that he could identify with probably in the same way that he did with when he first got into the Ramones with music and that, that he thought it was kind of silly. Um, not, not in a, um, not in a, um, you know, um, uh, dismissive way right exactly not in a dismissive or disparaging way it was silly like the ramones were silly yeah right that you could you could put on a bunch of gold chains and, and be like look i'm somebody right? yeah it's and, an outfit it's a it's cosplay almost right and, right yeah and he and he identified with that you know growing up as not a well-to-do person it's like you you want you know it, it's attractive i think i think the uh the quote I read of him, it was like, like, yeah, I get it. I get why a rapper would wear a Gucci watch. Who wouldn't to? If you've been poor all your life and you can wear something, you can afford something that's ridiculously expensive. This is this is fun. This yeah. is exciting. And you get to go around and brag. Yeah, no, that that's a lot of what TD seems to like about rap. Um uh, Yeah. And no, I was just gonna say that that I think that that uh you know, I know, I know, um, I, you know, I'm giving my take. So forgive us listeners if, if I'm talking too long here, but, <laughs> but the one, one thing that I also wanted to mention though, is that, that apparently, apparently Dee, Dee was going through as he did his whole life, um, some, uh, alcohol and drug problems, uh, that he had discovered rap while he was in rehab, I guess some downtime from, um, um, you know, um, the Ramones touring and, and, uh, you know, and it was as part of his, um, well, I don't know, cathartic cleaning up perhaps that yeah. he, he discovered in rap, a new kind of, um, fun and enjoyment and a new appreciation for music that maybe had been, um, um, been gotten buried by the, uh, uh, you know, that the haze of, of drugs and alcohol. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, they have like art class once a week and, you know, some people do decoupage and he did, um, hip hop. But it does, I think, it's important to realize that he seemed to like the idea of hip-hop far more than he, like, was a student of the music. Because it almost feels like someone described hip-hop to him on paper, but he never actually heard it. Yeah, He's like, I think oh, he, so I just talk over a beat? <laughs> I think he, yeah, I don't think that, I agree a, a hundred percent. I don't think he understood the genre a, at all, really, other than that, right? Yeah. You, well, you will talk over a beat. You use a drum machine and you, 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 you know, say braggy things. You wear these you know, Adidas exactly. and gold chains. It's all, yeah. And, and, but, you know, but to me, to hip hop, by the way, I am not a, a hip hop aficionado. So, you know, listeners forgive me. I, I think there has to be, at least for me, the genre as it existed in the eighties, you need, you need a couple of things at minimum. And those would be a uh, a DJ and an MC, right? So, so uh, Didi, Didi got the MC part 
at least part of it. Yeah. But he doesn't he doesn't have a DJ to put to put beats together. And um and uh, you know most rap bands also would have um you know some of them I should say maybe not most but many of them would also have a hype man right so you'd have an MC or multiple MCs and then you'd have someone to really get things cranking rolling along and um um DD seems to um, I agree it seems he seems to think is like well no you set up a drum machine and then you rap, you talk over the top of it I I disagree the, uh, on the beats for this and yeah. well they well they could have been better for well actually. Okay, so this whole album is like 10 years too late, like nearly 10 years too late, yes, yes. seven to eight years too late. It's 1989 when this be, came out. Be, so yes. when, when early uh, hip hop is going on and they really only have, I mean, at first, not even drum machines, just, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, earlier on, there's not even turntablism as we, mm-hmm, yeah, but um, you would just be rapping over beatboxing or the instrumental side of a 12 inch single. Um, and then drum machines came around in the, in the mid eight, you know, late later than you would think they became commonplace. And a lot of the early hip hop is people rapping over like the same shitty beats, you know, like how funky drummer and the amen break are, you know, still used like crazy. And there's plenty of really good rapping over really, really primitive beats. I mean, you can have hand claps on two and yeah, four with amazing, with a whole story. And, and but that Diddy just doesn't, he see, doesn't have any chops, really, man. That's, not, that's really not what's going on here, though. It's like, it's like, I'm not. I, I don't even think the beats are overly overly simplistic here. I think yeah. the, I think the drum programming is fine. I don't have any any issue with that really at all. I, I think what's what's happening is like look, you get you get guys, you get like a DJ, he would look through, you know, uh, tons of records, record collections, looking for things that they could maybe loop or throw in there. I mean, this is the stuff that was going on in the in the eighties, right? And and um um you know and and you would you would have these kind of color that would be over over the the drum you know the drum machine and then you could sing and whatever the color was 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 adding a, an element to the song right so so it's like the way i looked at, at rap like that you know it, it's kind of like um multimedia art right like if you're making a collage and you cut out that picture from life magazine and you put it on there well you didn't take that picture and then you and then you cut out another one from you know national geographic and you put that on there and then you throw paint all over the top of it it's like well yes you could you could claim well you didn't actually take that photograph but at the same time you've created something new and unique right that's based upon a based upon those various medium um, what what's going on here is there is it's clearly clearly um, uh, musicians have been brought in yeah. other than the drummer and they're they're sort of playing standard fare rock music over these drum beats on at least three quarters of the songs i think yeah, yeah. And, and and so so with with Didi instead of singing he's he's you know rapping such such as it is really yeah. <laughs> question mark so 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 this is what I, I, this yeah. is what i mean it's not that it's not that you couldn't have a great rap great rap over a, a simple drum machine it's more that he's missed what rap is yeah yeah right? i was yeah. i mean one of the key, especially in earlier more uh um simplistic you're not simplistic but you know, foundational kind of hip-hop stuff the the beat so to speak usually was just a metronome or just a tempo because the, the, the rapping, you know, the MC would be doing something highly syncopated 
where it pays to have something that's really static and steady and 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 you know um and like that's that's how it becomes interesting to listen to is that there's this rhythmic push against the square metronomic beat but, but dd only does one thing dd doesn't like to sing yeah you know this is this is an and uh um, yeah, and this is a this is a dig on Didi here. It's like I remember, you know, like when when rap really started to explode in my mind, you know, like in the early '80s and that sort of thing. I remember hanging out with my nephew, and we would come up with raps, and it sounded just like this. Yeah, right. You know, this is a, like, yeah. You know, dun 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 dun. My name dun, dun, is Matt, dun, dun, and I dun, want dun, to dun. say yeah. I like rap in the best way. But he's, he's not he, even like, doing he, iambic pentameter, man. No, like, he even, he's he even, like yeah, he's squaring it all off. And he fails on the on the the rhymes too, uh, quite a few times. It's like I mean, everything doesn't have to rhyme, and everything doesn't rhyme in rap. But yeah. there's there's times when it really needs to seal the the line, and it's just not there. If if tension and release is an important aspect of music, and and you know, rap, like he's just not given you any of that. You know, like some of the some of the best MC, you know, some of the, the best rappers ever like are able to not rhyme for a ridiculously long time only to have it end up with a slight rhyme. That's not even really because the, that drawn out tension and then kind of fake out kind of, you know, misdirect at the end of it is so meticulously put together that they can they get away with it. It's awesome. You know, that's really cool. You know, um, Wait, old dirty bastard would not rhyme for like a long ass time only to make some weird guttural noise to tie it all together. And it worked um, powerfully, you know, and, but Didi just doesn't get the genre yeah, I at did, all. I did see a, um, at, a, like he, a brief <laughs> interview with him and, and he admits that he goes, he goes, I, he goes, I tried, I really like it. I tried to do it. He goes, but I, I said, I really don't know anything about rap. Yeah. And he blamed it. He blamed it on not being black, but I, I'm not sure that's exactly the problem. Um, um, but he did say, but I think this could be more the problem. He also said this, I didn't believe that rap took a lot of talent to do until, um, what was it? What did he say? I think it was the MC Hammer album came out. And he said he listened to that and he was like, oh my God, you have to, you know, there's a lot of there's work a, involved. A lot of work well, involved in this. After being in the Ramones, I could see he's like, well, okay, I, I know all three of these chords. I can get through a 10 minute, you know, set. But yeah, no, it, it's, yeah, I think he underestimated how hard it was. He figured it was just putting on the, speaking of, apparently he would come to shows in his, quote unquote rap regalia and get roundly mocked by the rest of the Ramones on stage around this time. Yeah, like a like sweats and gold yeah, the, chains and a bucket hat. I was gonna say the Ramones are like the, <laughs> the last band to a have good a, look. <laughs> a, like an outfit that the whole band had to wear and he was like, you know, messing it up for him. I'm sure I'm sure he was shamed. Did, did he have a cool as ice leather motorcycle jacket? Yeah. No, but that was a little later. We should mention though that he you know, uh before this album is made, right before it's made, he he quits the band. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want to be in the Ramones anymore. And um but but um but he does get help making this album from uh, Marky Ramone, 
who is the the second drummer of the Ramones, who who had um, more who, importantly the drummer of the the Voidoids. Yeah, yeah well, there you go. And he, he also he also got cleaned cleaned up uh, himself. So he and he had, at that moment. By the way, sadly, Dee Dee does relapse pretty heavily, which does lead to his death. But um, but um, you know, Marky Marky was there, and apparently uh, he um, um, uh, Dee Dee asked him to play drums. Yeah, on the album, and, and he was like, "No, I'm." He goes, That's not my thing. He said, I'll, "I'll help you. I'll help you make the beats, right? You know, that's what I'll do. You know, I'll help you program the drum machines." But um, but um, and not only this, um, he quits the band, but he still writes songs for the Ramones. Well, there you go. I know Joey was really excited about this album because he knew if this went well, that he'd be able to have a solo career of his own. Right, yeah, and. and uh, Notice that uh, Joey Ramone's solo album came out posthumously, <laughs> like about 20 years after this. Yeah, and uh, we'll just throw that out there right away, right? This this album was a colossal failure. Yeah, well, he, he put out that one single, Funky Man, in 1987, and for some unknown reason, Warner Brothers gave him like $25,000 to make this album. Right, and... and uh, yeah, and, that's and a, they made know, almost like 0.1 percent of that back, and that's a chunk of change. Now, now I will, I will say this: um, this album, you know, I think there is some quote from from one uh, reviewer who said this could go down as the worst recording ever made, or something along yeah. those lines. That is, that is hyperbole at its worst. This is not even close to the worst recording that we've listened to on this show, even oh. this season. Right. I was going to say so, this was <laughs> less than thirty-two minutes, so it's right. already you know yes. much better than both Lulu or <laughs> right. And and so there, there's 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 that aspect of it, and then not only that, a few of these songs, given the right circumstances, could have been hits. Well, didn't the Ramones like cover one of these later? And, on I, think, and I think it was a you know the Ramones didn't really have hits, but it was yeah. a it was a successful song for them. Yeah, they did they the did, Crusher, yeah. the wrestling one on Adios Amigos in '95 or something. So you know. They're really not rap songs as much as they're Ramon songs without melodies. Yeah, and then and I want to you know I want to talk about that too a bit later after we listen to some of them. You know, it's like how Ramones really are these songs. Yeah. Well, Matt brought up a good point with the if there was a group behind him helping out, like a hype man or two, um, it it could have sweetened this a lot. Like I know that there's not a lot of substance here too you know, uh, uh, tighten up, but a, a couple of these songs sound okay, but just completely unfinished. Like, it's like, Hey, you know, DD, you know, you're supposed to double track all of this and then do some, you know, a back and forth kind of conversational bits and, you know, in character and things like, you know, that like, there's a lot of stuff he could have done without having to really learn how to rap that, you know, yeah. I, I feel like a producer or somebody should have, poked him with a stick and gotten him well, to do like a couple of a couple of extra things would have gone a really long way to that might have been part of the problem was the the producer that was selected for this this album i mean they did they did the album at a at a well-known rap studio yeah um, i can't remember the name of it it was you know it was big at the time like the beastie boys did stuff yeah, there chun was, king's yeah, studio chun king that was it i was gonna say connie chung i knew that was wrong um but the the um yeah uh, and and so they 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 uh but they got this producer i mean you know so the studio was certainly capable of making you know rap records right yeah. successful yeah. rap records they uh but the producer got was um daniel king daniel da- ray daniel ray right yeah, yeah. another another um yes. version of king i suppose so daniel ray um who as far as i could you know f- figure out he's a he's a guitar player he's not a 
a he, rap guy. No, he needed he needed someone to bring him into the rap world. He he shouldn't be carrying the whole rap world on his shoulder. Right. And that's and a, trying to bring Marky and Daniel in with him. No. I think that's what it was. He was carrying the whole load. Um, yeah. And uh, but um um but um shall we dig into it? Let's uh the uh Must we? Let's. The first song is uh Mashed Potato Time, one of the uh, few songs that actually does like sample or reference anything else. Featuring a, a Blondie's uh, Debbie Harry doing some of the backing vocals. resplendent (laughs) i was working in the lab late one night that's exactly what i thought of and i i uh i like this song i liked it for the same reasons that i would like the monster mash um you know sort of the the goofiness it's a a novelty number it's it's a novelty number i like you know debbie harry's background singing is great um there's there's uh you know the uh uh the you know the drum programming on this one could have been spiced up a little bit, um, but um, but it's but it's fine. Um, and uh, um, you know it's it's a to me it's like a dance song, right? It's very much a 19. And apparently there was a big thing for like 1950s meets rap at this time. I mean, Chubby Checker redid the twist with the Fat Boys and. I think yeah. the Fat Boys also redid Wipeout with the Beach Boys. So, and, and Mashed Potato Time. I mean, yeah. It's well, and like, wasn't that recorded like Dee Dee Snow? So, of course, Dee Dee King has to cover Mashed Potato Time. Oh, right, right. Mashed Potato, Mashed, mashed Potato. The Monster Mashed Potato, mashed potato Time. time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just realized this, this comes out the same year as Paul's Boutique. Yeah, that's no, they're it. just the same, really. Just, they're, they're, you could mix yeah, them up, intermingle. I thought that's what we were listening to. Yeah, yeah, no. And it's got, you know, I think it, I think it's a fun tune. I think. Yeah, it's it's as deep as a puddle of water, but it's harmless. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is you know that's the other thing about I mean this is what what I said you know like are the songs Ramon songs you know this to me this one is more Ramon sounding than the ones that sound kind of punk rocky on this, this album. Well, they would cover like, you know, do you want to dance? Exactly. And exactly. In the, in the stuff sense like that, that all the time. Like, yes, so. this is, this is fifties, early sixties, well, you know, Sean on, uh, not to get right, exactly. Right. Off. It's like, it's supposed to be goofy. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Right? And I think this song, you know, um, is that, and and you definitely get the the Didi the Didi belief that what rap is about is bragging. Yes, he's not wrong. Yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> well, he's not good at it, but he's not wrong. I, I, I hate to get completely derailed into Ramon stuff since this is just one Ramon. But um, one of the or reasons King. that the the, the first uh, two or three Ramones albums are so powerful is because I, I, while I think they wanted to do fifties doo-wop kind of rock and roll stuff. They didn't have the chops or the They didn't have a saxophone. They didn't have vocal harmonies. So the the know-how to do it. You know, um, a lot of that 50s stuff was very meticulously constructed. Um, 
with really good musicians and producers yes, and, and state, state of the art technology and stuff like that. Um, listen to our first uh, episode on cruising with Ruben and the Jets. I mean, that's a, I just listened to that the other day. Well, not the not the episode, but the album. Yeah. Uh, but uh, um, I think one of the reasons that the the first couple of Ramones albums are so um, revolutionarily different in music is because I think it, it's outsider art. Like, I think they wanted to make 50s doo kind of crap, but they had no freaking idea how and none of the means to do so. So the thing that came out was really twisted and warped. Oh, yeah. And, you- and, and it disconnected from most music. And I think that worked to their advantage. It's really powerful. I mean, as, as the Ramones career goes on, they, they kind of get better at pulling off what I think they've always wanted to do. And it's, yeah. it's less impactful. Um, and well, I mean, uh, they had Phil Spector. And they, yeah. Like by the time the record, end of the century, that's end of the century. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is great. But like, it's like, Oh, this is what you've been trying. Ah, I, I yeah. finally, I finally get what you've been trying to do this whole time where this album is really funny. Cause it's like, he doesn't know what he's doing and doesn't have the chops to pull it off. I mean, I think he knows what he wants to do, but he he misses really, by so far. Yeah, he doesn't have the chops to do it. Yeah. But in this case, it doesn't work out. Interestingly, it's just sad. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when you said about chops too, you know that that they couldn't do vocal harmonies harmonies because the singers in the band were, believe it or not, Dee Dee and and Joey, and Dee Dee couldn't play bass and sing at the same time. Which uh, you know, limits you. <laughs> not always an easy thing to do, anyway. But yeah, he couldn't do it at all, and so uh, you know, so they they relegated him, or he chose to just be the guy who counted in the songs. Um, and um, you know, one, two, three, four. Didi has some great uh, vocal harmonies here and there on yeah, the yeah. stuff, and there, I mean, it's like, wow, if he could do that all the time, it would be really yeah, cool. Yeah, and but I think I think a lot of that's on you know, it's on record. You don't see a lot of that live. live. Although he would sing a lead on a couple songs, which was. Um, well, since we do have Debbie Harry on this track, the real question is, is she a better rapper than Debbie? Yes, 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 yes. Flash is fab, Fash is cool. Yeah, you know. Now he only eats guitars. I, I think her voice is more pleasant to listen to. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually better. But, but uh, well, I would say better by how much. That would yeah. be my question. I, I, re- I recently heard the story that uh, when they were, when Blondie was, in the studio making uh, that, that, that Heart album. Of glass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, uh, um, she played a, a demo tape for grandmaster flash, like yeah. at their apartment, they were you know, they were buddies and it's like, Hey, check this out. Look what I'm going to do. And grandmaster flash was like, yeah, that's, Great. That's that's really cute. Head. Like, yeah. That's like, a, here you go. And then, like, a couple of weeks later, he heard it on the radio and yeah. was like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" Like, that's a, that was a real song. Yes. I thought that was just them. You goofing around? Kind well, of. They, they did a yeah. That's that's a great uh, observation. Uh, you know, it's a great parallel as well. You know, like Blondie, same same sort of environment. In yeah. fact, era. Uh, you know, yeah, friends in era scene yeah. playing the same clubs in New York as the Ramones and that kind of thing. And then being in New York, being exposed to the, the um, uh, nascent days of, of rap music, right. When it's just coming alive and getting really excited about it. Um, and I think it's the same way. And, and, and except Blondie, you know, the band yeah. um, did it 
much earlier. Yeah, 82 maybe? Yeah, 82, something like that, right? Early 80s. Um, yeah, this is D- so D- freaking D- late. I, I think it's because, I think it's those, it's the two factors involved. It's that the Ramones touring constantly yeah. and and also Dee being strung out on heroin. And, and so, so um, you know, those two things kind of stop time. Yeah. yeah, you know, you live in. You, you, live you in don't. Sort of you don't check out a right. lot of new music when you're busy, right? And when he comes out of it, he's like, "Wow, there was this stuff going on. It's was great. He, I want to uh, do it." Um, was he fucked up while he was making this? Or no, no, he was. He, he was, was sober. He was sober. There's uh, a couple of tracks on here where he talks about. I think the next track actually is too much to drink. So well, let's, let's just yeah, let's segue that into that. It might make a new rap come into your head, baby. Dot would know she's still in bed. Bailey's Irish cream. Maybe things aren't as bad as they seem. What's to fear? Just one little beer. A Heineken would be fun. And without thinking, I just started drinking singles and doubles, forgetting my troubles. I was had. Wise words. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. From now on, he'll be the sober poet. See this this one. This one definitely has a you know it has a uh, it has a, a groove going. Yeah. It it kind of reminds me of a a less cool um fight for your right to party. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is the anti. Yes. Yeah. Now, if Rick Rubin had produced this album, maybe that's what he needed. Well, Kerry King would have played the guitar solo. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, and, and the thing is, you know, like with this, like, I guess, you know, kind of what I was saying, sort of the miss in the boat on rap a little bit. It's like, you know, I don't think you should mimic other people. No. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, but at the same time, it's like, to me, it sounds like, however they constructed this, I don't know, it sounds like a band. Yeah. Whereas you know, which, which is in a lot of rap, what it's it's more like like I was hinting at before was it's more of a collage. You'll have like that heavy guitar riff come in and repeat you know x number yeah. of times, and then it you know goes into something kind of different. It's not like you don't have an imagination in your head of the same guitar player standing there you know playing through the whole song, and and um and I think that's 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 what this sounds like to me you know again like when? like there's kind of a it's it's like a rock. It's it's um, well I think the I think the producer somebody called it rock and rap or rap and rock or yeah. something along those lines. The metal it worked yeah, well yeah, for right, Limp exactly. Biscuit. So uh. so this is this is maybe you know if we were talking about the early days of rap maybe this is the early days of new metal. That's, I remember my <laughs> college roommate's buddy just talking my ear off about how uh, um, Lincoln Park had changed music forever. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, you know Fred Durst probably credits this as as what you know. Uh, yeah, big, that's big, what he inspiration. Yeah, I, I think uh, Limp Biscuit should have remade this album i could see that yeah actually i think man i think <laughs> it would have been a better band. i think some talented uh uh, uh hip-hop folks could uh do a remix remaster chop, re- chop, <laughs> chop this up and make a whole album from this and it would be, be oh, you, awesome this, this, you could have so much yeah. goddamn fun with this djs should have this record in their collection but it's fine like this is chunks of this this is retro when it comes out yes yeah <laughs> yes. like that's the hip-hop has a lot in common with you know it, it's funny that people like throw around the people uh, people assholes who don't like music and well, have most uh, people are uh, asshole. most assholes not very are people. open minds uh how, how often have you heard, I like everything but rap and metal, right? I like but, everything but genre music. Yeah. <laughs> either that or country. No, I no, like everything except No, no purple people either yeah. for this guy. No, um, yeah. 
But uh, I used to say I like everything except opera, but I changed my mind. I like yeah, that. Yeah, opera's too. badass. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, but like this, um, this album is is so it's it's retro in its time, and I think rap and and metal are very similar in the way that they're they're both like this culture of one upmanship. Yeah. And this culture of like, you better not sound like it's like a mortal sin to sound like someone else. You're supposed to bring Your something completely new. Even if you're being referential to other stuff, it's supposed to be, you know, MCs are not supposed to sound the same. That's like the worst thing you can possibly do is to sound just like five other, you know, well, and that, and that connects and, with the Ramones thing too, right? Is that they, you know, like you said, probably because, of, of a inability to do what they, you know, desired. <laughs> they, they, it they was were, real weird. They because, were bringing something new. Yeah. They yeah. were, yeah. they were themselves 100% like it or not. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think this, I mean, that song is great because it, I, I think he's uh, genuine in his, although the, the <laughs> fact that the, the second song on the album is about writer's block is kind of a bad sign, especially when the first song was kind of a cover track. Track order is important. <laughs> you should save that one for the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like what were some of the, is that I mean, the you've been had song that's yeah. supposed to be late on side two. I can't remember the, uh, the line exactly, but wasn't that is like, it couldn't, I couldn't write, but I took it's a few drinks, drinks and then I'm just, yeah, it started flowing. It all started flowing, but it turns out, you know, I'll just have a Heineken. cun. It will be so much fun. Except he didn't even rhyme that. Not that well, no. (laughs) Not that well, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, he, well, that's the other thing is he's not a very articulate speaker. So having him rap is a challenge. Yeah, well, you know, it's got that he's a Queens by way of Germany accent, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's a German kid, all right. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, he kind of reminds me of a, a bit like the, the vocal stylings he does on yeah. here. Uh, reminds me a bit of what they tried to get um, poor Sid Vicious to do before he died. Oh. Like doing, you know, My Way, way. and stuff like that. What, uh, what year did that last crappy Clash album come out? 85, I think. Oh, Jesus. This is so... Yeah, oh. I know. It's like after that. Yeah, they even they had succumbed to the the drum machine. The, and, yeah, the these two, those, this album and that Clash album have a, a lot in common sonically. Yeah. I think. And, oh yeah, I was just listening to Finger Poppin' this morning. It's 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 a song. <laughs> Why were you? Because <laughs> someone what? else put the Clash on their Facebook timeline. Well, shall we move on to the next song? Um, Baby Doll, which is apparently actually Dee Dee's name for his wife, Vera. So, as bad as Dee Dee is at rapping, is he worse at singing? 
Yeah, that was fun. I mean, <laughs> some gangster the shit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, this is not a rap song. This is just a ballad. Yeah, I'm not... yeah, his, his, yeah, it's a ballad. His voice isn't particularly strong on some of those parts. Uh, I, I don't know. I've been listening to Lou Reed all week, yeah, yeah. so this is he's... he's mostly in tune. So you know, it's like I, you know, it's 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 okay. But this is kind of what I was getting at. It's like this is this is. Um, you know, a rock record, yeah, with, yeah. with a drum machine. And, That's a power ballad, and, yeah. and yeah, and it's a power ballad, exactly. And this is what I want to know: is who are the musicians? Clearly, there are people playing on this record. Who are they? I, I, they, I could look it up, but I'm scrubbed lazy. their names I from <laughs> everywhere. Well, everywhere. I looked on the internet. It's probably um, they, they, Daniel uh, Ray, the producer, and. Uh, and you know, I know Didi Didi can play bass, bass yeah. and guitar, yeah. but I'm not sure that's him. I don't. No, you know, I, I, there's I, some more chords there than he knows. That does not sound like Didi. And I think stuff. I think there's yeah, you know, and who knows what he does, you know, in his bedroom when he's alone. Maybe he does play like that or whatever. But but the, there's a lot there's a lot going on that that no one is credited for. I think the only people credited on the album are are um, Didi. Yeah, it doesn't say what he does. It's just you know, his uh, name's above the title. His name's above the title, and then and then uh, Debbie Harry and um, her then husband, or were they divorced yet? I don't remember. Uh, Chris Stein, the, yeah, yeah. the guitar player, one of the guitar players for Blondie, uh, plays on another song. Yeah, um, not this one. So so it's like, um, wh- what what's up with that? Yeah, that would be a uh, weird gig as a session musician. We need you to <laughs> come in I and. Mean, <laughs> was he really trying to harken back to the fifties and sixties where the real musicians were never credited? I yeah maybe. <laughs> I I encourage everyone listening to go on YouTube and find the clip of uh, uh, Dee Dee from the Gigi Allen documentary <laughs> Hated, where uh, uh, Dee Dee finds himself a member of uh, uh, Gigi Allen's band for about a week. And they, they interview him and the, the clip that's great, they're, they're like, so how did you come to join the murder junkies? And he's like, what? The band's called the, he has no idea what the band is called. And he's kind of bothered <laughs> by that, just back. finding that out. And uh, he's like, huh. And, mm. yeah. Always ask the name of the band before you join. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of advice for young musicians out there. That would be a shock to, you know, join Gigi Allen's band and have no idea what that's scene was all about the, the yeah. name the murder junkies is the least problematic right offensive exactly. aspect say, yeah. of that entire organization <laughs> so but it's a it's a great clip it's it's only about 20 seconds long but you get to see a very yeah bewildered I think he, I think probably never, about this time right yeah i think it, it he just left the remote so yeah probably i think he never actually played a gig with them no. and, uh, but but still that's a claim there you go, yeah. Infamy. Modest infamy. <laughs> Wait, he got out alive. That's shall we go on to the next track? Since we're we're singing love songs to uh Dee Dee's wife Vera, the uh titular uh, baby doll. Chorus sounds like something that could have been on a Ramones yeah, song. I, I was just going to say that, yeah, that that song does not sound like a Ramones song until you get to the chorus. Yeah. And then it sounds very much like one. But in the verse, he's doing that sort of gravelly, you know, 
Boris Karloff meets yeah. Tom Waitley. <laughs> plus the plus the single note riff on the guitar. Yeah. You know, do, 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 do. Right, right. Yeah, that that's that's definitely not a Ramon. We, no. we should mention no. that Didi is one of the more prolific writers in the yeah, Ramones. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he had a couple of songs on every album, even after he was out of the band. Right. Yeah, had, yeah. He kept they kept um he kept um uh, writing songs for them. Um, apparently, he even. Uh, I got them to bail him out of jail by giving him them a couple of songs. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, that's you work for a living. You never work a day in your life. Yeah, but this this is you know this is certainly this has no rap. Really. Not really. No, it's less melodic, but it's not rapping. Right, right, yeah. And so this is this is you know this is this would. I'm not sure like where this, would we go. Right, yeah. You know, this this song could be you know, this was what I went meant. I could see this song fitting in somewhere yeah. with the right, you know, promotion, the right whatever as, you know, being um um you know, a modest hit or something Does, like that. But um Matt, uh, you're you're a big fan of Repo Man and Alex oh, yeah, Cox yeah, film. Yeah. This seems like a, a parody soundtrack thing that should be in, a, in an Alex Cox movie. Yeah, 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 like top good. to bottom, this whole thing could just be the soundtrack to some screwed up, you know, extra meta. <laughs> Repo Weird Man, Al- the Al- porn parody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. Well, and also this is a... It's in Funky Man, the the single that came out before this, and it's mentioned a couple other times how much Dee Dee needs to make sure that his wife Vera is busy shopping, or else she will get into other worse trouble. Well, uh, they get divorced <laughs> they, like a year after this comes out. Yeah, there are a lot of red flags coming from both yeah. sides. I mean, she's pressuring to him to get sober, and then she's falling off the wagon and. Yeah, another song that is. Um, oh yeah, to- in Funky Man, that's the uh, the video. Not to be the spoiler, yeah. but if you get a chance, listeners, you can watch the video for Funky Man, which is not on this album, but was the, or do uh, anything else the, with that three and a half minutes. Yeah, yeah you can do exactly. <laughs> but part of the motif of that was, you know, the 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 uh, the rappers seeking, you know, seeking the bling. Yeah. He's after this um, Mercedes Mercedes yeah. Mercedes Benz, and at the end, he almost gets it, but his um, his uh, squeeze. Um, throws him on the ground and takes the car away from him. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it is kind of curious that, you know, that, uh, I guess, uh, yeah. when we get to the song emergency, there's a lot more to unpack there, but yes, this is like the first sign of that. It's like, yeah, I don't think this relationship was meant to last. Right. This, this next, this next one, I'm just going to preface it. I, um, I ha- have a strange affinity for this song. That's where I saw her, a beautiful mermaid, and she was afraid. She had never seen a human before, and she started pointing at the shorts I wore. The ones with the Hawaiian print, so bright she had to squint. What language are you speaking? You know I am seeking a way to learn to swim, so I can win the Triple Crown Trophy. Can you help me? Because I've read all the surfing magazines. It wasn't a rock. It was a rock mermaid. <laughs> this this has organ on it. I'm wondering if, if the uh, the beat they have on there, the drum beat, comes yeah. from you know the surf preset on the. Uh, it certainly sounds like yeah, someone 
press that button. Boom. Pop, yeah. pop. Be real drums. Pop, boom. Pop, pop. <laughs> oh, they pop. They're definitely, no, they're definitely, everything on here is a drum machine. Yeah. Yeah, so that, but you know, but yeah, drum machines can be samples, right? So yeah. There's, there's, the, there's that well, part Well, it's 89. It. It, yeah, they, it could be. It depends on the machine they're using. Yeah. Uh, how they're using it. Yeah, you could, um, no, you could, um. Yeah, no, because I, I know you could do it because uh, it, that um, uh, Steely Dan's Gaucho, mm-hmm. they they used a drum machine extensively on that, but it was uh, they were real, you know, it was um, basically sampling before um, yeah, before yeah. samplers were ubiquitous, right? You know? Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, but anyway, um, um, I'm gonna play this album when I get, hand out candy at Halloween. There you go. This year, I mean, it's. With shorts so bright, you have to squint. This is in my record collection next to the Monster Mash, 12-inch single, Flying Purple People Eater, uh, uh, Spooky Sound Effects. (laughs) It's definitely Uh, a a novelty record. Well, you know, the Haunted uh, House uh, uh, Lounge. uh, It has that that part of it is, I think it's fun. But, uh, well, the mermaid has to squint because she's coming out of the water. Yeah, well, I thought she was squinting because the... Her, his shorts were so bright well, right, and obnoxious. Right, but she, exactly. But, yeah. but it was. But it's not like other people would necessarily squint yeah. squinting, right? But, but it is. It makes me wish that Dee Dee had written a, a musical version of Splash. Yeah, we should deconstruct the lyrics of this song because yeah, the, most of the songs on this record are very personal, very intimate, very realistic and grounded, even if they're not very good or deep. But this is clearly a fictional song, and I don't know where it came from, other than. He likes the Beach Boy sound, and he's like, "Well, what's in the water?" Uh, yeah, it's just a really weird mermaids. It, it feels very sort of. <laughs> yes. Did Didi write "Rockaway Beach"? I think he did. Yeah, there he may have go. just been, There's you know, your contextual continuity. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think yeah, he, I think he was. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. that was I was just talking about his childhood, getting on the subway, going to yeah. Or, and I think Mike Love Hitching covered Rockaway Beach on his latest solo record. So oh, did he really? That's something you don't need to hear. <laughs> so everything comes full circle. Indeed. Yeah, that's a that's a good one too. Rockaway Beach. You know, I, yeah, I thought I, I just wanted to comment on that a bit too. Is like one of the big differences. Like the Roman, the Romans were were this kind of um, you know at the forefront of the punk rock movement. Absolutely, no doubt about it. But you know, like when 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 you think about what they sing about. Yeah, you know, and you put it in the context of this, this it's it usually is um, silly or <clears throat> stupid shit, you know, like um, um, you know, sniffing glue. Not that that's not serious, but you know, it, it's um, yeah, all it's done a, in a humorous. Judy was a punk rocker, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so they, but you know, like, like you compare it, like, like the Sex Pistols. You know, it's like they're they're sort of rebelling against the class system, yeah. you know, and the the phony aristocracy of Great Britain and all yeah. that. Other well, bullshit. yeah, you could sort of see that, you know, and. <laughs> These guys were the Beach Boys, and and the Clash well, were the Beatles, and that, yeah. the Sex Pistols the, were the Stones. Yeah, yeah. Right. The powerful <laughs> aspects of the Ramones is that it was such a like a pure, uh, naive Americana kind well, of yeah, thing. Well, yeah, that's the thing be, is you could let that, that could, five year olds listen to it the is, Ramones. It is the American version. You yeah. could be, you can listen to it either as satire or completely earnest, and it works both ways. And you can pick and choose. Um. Uh, our our good buddy, uh, 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 little Theodore, has you know mentioned his his fondness for like the first couple of Ramones albums, just being mind blowing in their time for it's like holy shit somebody is writing songs about how it's boring as hell to be stuck inside with 
just crap on TV and nothing to do, you know, just like kind of suburban boredom and things like that. But, you know, sung about in a, in a, you know, amped up way as being that, you know, never really done before, you know, where there's this, uh, you know, whole generation of people where that's their reality. And nobody, nobody's singing about McDonald's and hot dogs and Spider-Man and shit. And it's, then you get the Ramones and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Although, although that, you know, they're right. And 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 I think you're right. It could be, it could be satire, but you know, they they got the song, you know, it's got here we are in Queens eating refried beans. We're in all the magazines gulping down Thorazine. We ain't got no friends. Our troubles never end. No Christmas cards to send. Daddy likes men. It's um, you know, write what you know, man. (laughs) Exactly. I think they were writing what they knew. Yeah, no. You know, they were taking it to kind of these extremes, right? Yeah. But but yeah. And now it's Judy's turn to cry. Sharp uh, satire or what I did today? Yeah. Who knows? Who cares? Right, right. Can be enjoyed either way. And that's a bit of their brilliance. Whereas, you know, I, I'll, uh, I, I sing to my dog in the morning when I'm making coffee, right? Yeah. Like I, the dog comes up and I usually sing to the dog Very and not my, uh, my, my yeah. songs are, um, you know, looking around the room for, yeah, oh, yeah. there's a pencil on the table and, oh, I just knocked over the glass in the sink and all, you know, it's like, hello, hello, lamp. Hello, yeah. window. Ball out of creamer. I'll get some tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. That seems like how Didi wrote this. And a whole, yeah, like, the lyrical content yeah. of this album sounds like somebody, yeah. like, talk singing to their cat <laughs> while they're folding laundry. He should, he should have a few more fart lyrics then, yeah. I think, would make it even better. Well, or all albums would have been yeah. better, you know. <laughs> That was that was the problem with pet sounds. There's not enough fart jokes. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't hurt. Well, shall we? Ooh, this one. Uh, just the title made me cringe. Bet you didn't know I was a German kid. Und ich finde es gut, wenn Leute lachen. Ich hab der Energie, ich hab der Kraft. Ein hübsches Mädchen gibt mir einen Kuss. Ein Geld für den Taxi, nimm den Bus. Ich bin der König von mein Haus und dann die Kinder. He's doing rap and not Beethoven. He's doing rap and he's just begun. And he's 150 pounds of dynamite. He is, so we know how much he weighs. See, see, this, this, this has a particular sound. Yes. And I, it's, it's a, uh, um, and it might sound familiar to people, in part because that is again, once again, uh, Debbie Harry doing the background vocals, but it is Chris Stein, the guitar player. Yes. From, uh, from With that, that shimmery, coursey guitar. Yeah, 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 playing, playing the, playing the guitar, and so, so, um, you know, it definitely has, it definitely has the, the blondie kind of stamp on it it's a little more diverse than and, the and, it, and it seems to have a bit of that um blondie's take on disco uh, yeah, you know, right. involved in it as great well great funky guitar yeah yeah he's a funky man was yeah, that, yeah. Uh, the, the, which the, song does chris stein play that was this song the, yeah yeah this song is chris stein cheers chris then, yeah yeah no he did, work he did no he did a great he did a great job and and i think the german works really well i was, I was gonna say dd's diction and gravelly accent is great yeah i was like 
Well, and around he, this time, he, must, we had, he like, must be a history professor or and something. Then, and then plus, plus, you know, for me, not being able <laughs> yeah. to understand spoken German, it, it, you know, it leaves it open to the imagination yeah, what yeah, he's yeah. actually saying, which might make it, you know, <laughs> less, yeah, yeah, yeah. Less, less problematic because, yeah, yeah. They were like, cultural <laughs> appropriation <laughs> we, and bragging of your German heritage we, is a bad combination. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but he is, you know, he's not, he's not German American. He is an American German. German yeah, right? he's a, he's a German immigrant. <laughs> Right, yeah. Well, or something. Yeah. Something. Well, he was born to an American. <laughs> yeah, parent, so he's yeah, a, yeah. He's a legalized alien. But he, but he lived in Germany. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. from like five to fifteen or something like that. Like a pretty, yeah, yeah, a, a pretty impressionable. Time, which is why his accent is so good. I mean, I, like my yeah. my dad lived in Wales for five years with his mom when he was, about, you know, like eight years old yeah. or something, and and uh, and even to the you know he's in his seventies and when he's around certain people, the like Welsh accent comes out and it's like, what the hell? Like how, you know, yeah. like where's that coming from? And it, when you have yeah. that, when you're around that, you know, different languages yeah. and stuff in that, it has kinda, to happen when you're young in that age window. Yeah. It's, and it's, once it's, it's there, it's, you, it's you have there to like, good. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and there was a lot of German on the radio at this time. I mean, Falco had Rock yes. Me Nina had 99 Luft Balloons. Oh, yeah. After the Fire had Der Commissar. I mean, it was a Doesn't thing. Doesn't Nina do something right with in. Didi at some point? I don't know, yeah, but it wouldn't surprise me. Think, yeah. That would kind of make sense yeah. if, if they did. You know who would, who would be great, could do a great cover of this would be Codzilla. Oh, yeah. I wonder Ooh, if she knows about this. Yeah. She's got the accent, so. Yeah, yeah it's like a... And and uh, yeah, and she's got the chops to program. Her and, yeah, she's got a, a drum so, machine uh, built in her keytar. So she can English do it. parts in German and the German parts in English. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mach du snart, you Sturman. What's the chorus? Half American. I'm half German. American and German. Well, do if you want to do this. I I, I, uh, I volunteer will, to sing the Debbie Harry parts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Moving right along, going from a. Berlin to a Brooklyn baby. Cause she knows she ain't ready to get married and settle down. Is it so much fun to run around? She's bad, she's bad. She's not afraid. I go crazy over Brooklyn, babe. She's bad, she's bad. The Brooklyn bird. Well, let me tell you more about our heroine. She's the baddest chick in all of Brooklyn. Squeen of the hop, little Anthony. So how much of this album actually is rap? I think we're we're about 50-50 yeah. at this I, point. I, listening to that particular song, I wrote one comment, which was rap-ish. <laughs> rap-ish. <laughs> Brooklyn, this is another one of those ones where it's like, oh, Dee Dee, you're... Your your relationship is a white trash garbage fire, yeah. man. If you <laughs> want to be your boyfriend, you better be Italian. But get crack your knuckles and your hair greased back. I mean, it's just again, we have no idea who the we don't even know who the backup background singers are. On this no, at all. No. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Maybe it's Debbie, and she just didn't want to be known for this one. But but it should. does have that sort of you know uh, sort of the California girls. Sort yeah, of it's kind of very thing. sort of yeah the. Right before the Beatles rock sounds, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the, you know, it makes all these New York references. Like a girl from New York City. I wouldn't give her up for all the money of a Rockefeller. Yes. Or something along those lines. And you got (laughs) the deep Bowser voice. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Who doesn't like Bowser? Indeed. Is he still around? I hope so. The best part of Woodstock, (laughs) you know. 
it's up there. Yeah, it really is. You know, <laughs> Hendrix is playing the national anthem in Bowser. I mean, in, that's in Bowser. Yeah, that's all you need. You know, Hendrix is playing the national anthem at Woodstock is kind of like the bartender putting on eruption at two a.m. of, <laughs> yeah, of the, Woodstock. The, yeah, it's like, <laughs> you, you like don't have me. to go home, but you, you can't, can't stay, stay here. here. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's a it's eruption. It's it, it's badass, but yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, the time has come. You don't you don't really want to listen to it when the 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 work lights have been flipped on and they're I would say out the door. The fix in the die rag would be up there too, and yeah, you know, with the <laughs> Woodstock. That you know that that is an album I hope we don't do here. I can't imagine it's not a detour or an outlier, but it is three albums long or th- three oh, Woodstock? Woodstock. Yeah, oh, yeah, Woodstock, yeah. and uh, there is um, there's a lot on there. The only good <laughs> shit on there is from the bands you've hardly ever heard from. Yeah, yeah I know it makes you really. Um, yeah, there's 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 more than a few yawns and yeah, that, there's uh, a lot on there. There's <laughs> uh, it's it's a cultural artifact. Yes, <laughs> don't take the brown acid. But and the, yeah, the stuff in it, right? Is it? Yeah. Um, as a cohesive, uh, no artistic, you know, statement. It's just yeah, it's just three and a half hours of random radio performed live, right? <laughs> uh, but um, all right, um, yeah, more fifty stuff. I guess we just move on. This one is a, a little more um, a little more meat to it. Mister Didi, emergency. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, yeah, it is. yeah your relationship is your 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 wife or girlfriend has OD'd, and that's how you find out she's cheating on you and relapse. But you know, she should just stick to buying furs and pink Cadillacs, and everything will be fine. <laughs> she, she yeah, I'm not quite sure what the message is it's here, but times, it's wrong. Scott, Whatever it is, times. it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a well, um, yeah, without a doubt. Um, musically, in this one. You know, in the last the last song in my notes, I wrote uh, rapish. Yeah. And this one, I wrote punkish. Yeah. No. Um, you know, it's a. Uh, you know, I don't know half of this, right? Yeah. Half of the other. Um, but um, but to me, this sounds this sounds. If you, if I had to label it punk, I would say it's way more Sex Pistols than the Ramones um, yeah. in terms of you know the the guitar, what it's doing. And uh, I did know that Dee Dee was um, friends with Steve Jones, who is the guitar player of the Sex Pistols. So I wonder if uh, uh, I, might doubt, have been I doubt that's him playing, but no. I wonder if it's, you know, um, influenced her. Because why wouldn't if he was on this, they would certainly have. Yeah, that would have been a big sticker on the front right, cover. Right, yeah, exactly. That, uh, but um, but yeah, I think I think, yeah, that it's it is a pretty intense song, actually. Lyrically. I mean, it's a it's a fucked up situation, and you know it's true because why would you make up a story? I mean, you can make up a story about a mermaid admiring your Hawaiian shorts, but you're not going to make up, you know, that ain't your uncle and that ain't soda pop. You right? know, <laughs> in the Ramones. Yeah, that's that's real, right? Yeah. yeah. A lot of the the D.D. Penn songs that are kind of junky mayhem are 
awesome. They're some of the best Ramones songs and they're you, you buy them because there's a truth like, to it. Yeah. Like uh, who wrote this song? It's like, okay. Yeah. I, I believe him. Yeah. No, he was there. Yeah. Um, same thing with some of the, like, you know, Richard hell stuff. It's like, yeah, if you're going to write a, a, a said junkie mayhem song, rock song, like, you know, you can't really fake it. And, uh, a couple of these folks were uniquely qualified to uh, write and sing about that sort of stuff. Yeah, and didn't didn't you say that his marriage ends pretty? Quickly? Oh yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, shocking to no one. If, yeah, if you've just listened to this album, possibly his the, the relationship is quickly unraveling. So he's uh, airing his dirty laundry. As it but is. he doesn't. Even, he seems to think of it almost as like a positive. Go get them next time, kid. Yeah, well, I think you know that that. Uh, that uh, uh, sobriety's sobriety can be really difficult if you're in a relationship and one person gets straight and the other person doesn't. Yeah, and and you know he's he's probably it sounds like he does sounds like he's really excited about this. I remember this. I wish I could remember what magazine it was in, but I remember reading about this album right before it was going to come out. It was some interview with Didi that he was thinking of leaving the Ramones. I believe it could have been in some punk magazine or cream or something, you yeah. know, one of those rock magazines. But, but anyway, he was just going on and on about how he loves rap that he started listening to rap and it was fantastic. And he couldn't believe how great it was. And that's what the direction he wanted to go in. And he knew the Ramones wouldn't do that. And this is what he wants to do. Thank and, God. <laughs> well, it just sounds like he was, uh, you know, like, like I didn't get it at the time. I was just sort of like, like what? You know, it is head. This sounds this sounds really bizarre, but but I could I could totally see that that you know like in some of the songs hinted this as well uh, in in the kind of you know ham fisted and or idiotic way that he presents the material that that he does seem like he's looking at things with a new set of eyes. Yeah, and and he's kind of um you know so so musically he seems excited like really excited to be doing this although recognizing that he's not very good at it. Well, I think and, also and, when you you stop drinking, sometimes you want to go, don't go back to the places where you're used to drinking. Right, and right. as a Ramon, I imagine being anywhere Ramones ish on stage in the studio wherever is going to remind you a lot of drinking. So making a 180 and going into something completely right, yeah. foreign that has no associations with it to you. Although, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of rappers who drink. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a, you know, that way you can sort of make a clean start. And like, I, I can designate right. this as a non drinking zone. Cause this is my rap persona. I am now DD King, not DD Ramon. Although yeah, and just and the, Mr. DD. Right. For and the, the, and the drug use is not, is not uh is not him. It's his, now his wife. Right. Yeah. You know, no. So it's like, you're, you're kind of distancing yourself. from yeah. that, that. Because in baby doll, it was like, you know, she's the one who told him I had to straighten up yeah. or she was going to leave me. So the fact that, you know, half an album later, it's already, <laughs> it's already flipped is a bad sign too. <laughs> it's like a, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of sad in that way. But, but, you know, but I think a lot of this is, is except for this song, this is really an exception. I think a lot of this, I think is, uh, is tongue in cheek. Yeah, no. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, it's well, a, and I think it's he's trying to present this as just another fun, wacky day in the life of Dee, Dee but right, it's right. just, it's, it, there's too much darkness, not buried enough beneath the surface to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. 
But the next song, the next song is A, pure fiction, and B, pretty wacky, um, The Crusher. I'm ready for a match with the Russian bear. Gonna pile, drive him, and pull his hair. I might have a foreign object in my trunks. I might have to use on that punk. He starts singing the Russian anthem. I'm gonna jump him before the bell rings. Cause people are cheering for it. Not only is 1989 a little late to be jumping on the uh, hip hop train, it's also a little late to be jumping on the uh, WrestleMania Hulk Hogan train. Yeah, I know. Train. He, couldn't he get Captain Lou Albano to? Um, yeah, somebody. Yeah. To wrap up his, his vocals in the song really remind me of uh, uh, Keith Morris from uh, uh, which we call it. What the hell band was that? Not Black Flag, but. Uh, um, Oh, the Circle Jerks? Yeah, Circle Jerks. He's he's kind of got a Keith Morris... Either that or the Count from Sesame Circle Street Jerks thing well, going on. you know on. what yeah. he does? I can't remember now. Was it before this or after this? Or during this? He, he does... He does. He moves to California. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe uh, you know, maybe he had spent some time out there and was into that West Coast, um, you know... Maybe it's just that the, the Circle Jerks stole West all their songs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This, no, this just know, sounds yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, 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 st- borrowed <laughs> well, stock hardcore, early hardcore riffs. <laughs> well, my, my favorite line in here is got to get myself to the gym. Yeah, I know. He's like, I know I'm great. I just got to work out. I'm like, no, <laughs> you, if you haven't worked out, you're not great yet. You could be great, but that's theoretically possible for just about anyone. Uh, well, I'm, you know, look, for just all this. mentioned beating up Sly Stallone no, earlier think, in the album. Right? Yes, yeah. I know. But perhaps he's been watching. Which Rocky movie is out? Oh, we just was- talk about the Russians. So maybe it's Rocky three, the one where, um, or Rocky four, or the one with Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Uh, yeah, yeah. I will destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was about this time. Yeah. The Dolph, yeah, yeah. I think somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didi. Well, and Didi's you know, he's doing- chopping logs in the frozen yeah. tundra somewhere. He's got the eye of the tiger. Well, and, you know, most of this album is him bragging. Even the first half of this song is like, I can take this guy. And then halfway through, there's like a snap. He's like, oh, shit, I see the Russian guy. I know what he looks like. I am pissing my pants. I am not going out there. You're fucking crazy. And yeah, it's, I, a, it's a great love that song. Turn. Yeah. <laughs> there's not enough vulnerability admitted to in this album. And this is like the only point where it is. Yeah, no wonder uh, uh, the Ramones covered it. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of old schooly rock and roll or more more blues you know like yeah. the the third verse of the blues is supposed to be the twist where you know the, the guy you're going to kill shoots you first or you know like that 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 sort of thing you know yeah like so i i don't know i, I appreciate that yeah i'm the crusher i'm the crusher <laughs> that's like you know the the mob guy they nicknamed the crusher is like a real wimp yeah exactly you know, if, Clamps. Yeah. <laughs> the guy so uses I, clamps all the time. T- tiny is not a, a tiny a, man. A, a, t- a tiny man, you know, that, that sort of thing. Hans- handsome Lou. Yeah. <laughs> the final song, I think the most hip hopist song is the I want what I want when I want it. Those rookie MCs rocking the mic, blasting out rights that people don't like because they all sound like everyone else. To have your own style, you got to be yourself. 
There's no sense being a copycat. No one wants to hear rappers like that. Yeah, there's some palm muting on the guitar as if they're attempting Ooh. to scratch a record but didn't actually have a record to scratch. Solid funky yeah. guitar again. Yeah. So maybe Tom Morello got his ideas from <laughs> Exactly. He can do the funky <laughs> struck just as good as James Brown. I, I, mean. I, I would believe that this was influential to Tom Morello. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Actually, you never know what actually. Uh, it, it's subliminally, subconsciously, you never know. record collections, you know. Um, you find it in there. I want what I want. Hey, there's a little bit of gang vocal on this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is the most hip, one of the most hip hoppy sounding things on the album, right? Definitely. Yeah. 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 So it's like, maybe you guys should have just followed the, the should, formula. Well, maybe DD King's next album would have been more of this, but uh, yeah, did not do well. Ice Ice Baby comes out this same year. And the fact that they, they, <laughs> They haven't sorted out like the the fundamental aspects of of, of right, hip hop is right. really crazy. Well, he's been under a rock for or in rehab well, for exactly. But but like you said, it's like why is he doing the heavy lifting? He should just be the. He should hire Rick Rubin or right. Dr. Dre. I mean, or, he could be you know like we're not particularly impressed by his lyricals here, but he can write lyrics and he can do the rap bit part yes. of the project. So why this not is, let someone else do the. You know the rest. Apparently, someone else did anyway because there's all these musicians on here that are not. Yeah, credited. it is. It's produced enough to to get the feeling that Didi D- wasn't making this by himself. Right, right. These aren't, these aren't like you know. sampled records. This isn't even like um, you a know, demo like or something. Ice Ice Baby, right? Where you know you got you got you got the the riff coming from something. No, else. no. See, in Vanilla <laughs> Ice's song goes dun 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 da da dun dun, oh, yeah, yeah. while in the Queen song it goes dun 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 da dun dun. You hear the difference? Yeah. <laughs> it's clear. Clear, it's clear. clearly. It goes dun 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 dun. But yeah, and, and, you know, and it's like like there's no reason why you can't have you know live musicians. I suppose doing a rap tune. That's not really what my complaint is. My complaint is is that it's he's missing the point. The point of rap, right? Is what it seems like. You know, is it's, there neither like there? It's um, like um, who's the. You know, the, the, we covered one of his albums, the um, Pat Boone. It's like Pat, Pat Boone doing Tutti Frutti. It's like you missed the point. Yes. Right? You don't get it. You don't understand <laughs> what's what's happening. Per, pretend that you're a, a, a bisexual cocaine-addled <laughs> rapist. Yeah, it's like, He's got it. Okay. That's what Pat Boone that is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. He's like, I'll try. Well, he'd be, no. he'd be like, well, I, I got that down. Yeah. That's not the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's not the... That's a whole other yeah again it's nostalgic when it came out yeah this is like a parody rap sung by the characters of full house yeah no this is like you know an ad agency turning to you know their their 50 year old music guy and say write us one of them new rap songs that are all popular we got you know does, we want to sell Sunkissed oranges does Dave Coulier have a, a parody <laughs> rap album because oh, yeah. it's better than this oh Chunky A Arsenio Hall's fat suited alter ego probably is more <laughs> authentic than this well yeah and, and it's like I mean there is a difference exactly between even musically there's a difference between having a spoken word section of a song and yeah. and rapping uh, yeah right? I, well are, i was just you know uh, uh really 
you know, one of my favorite, I guess, musicians or whatever. Gil Scott Heron is famous for doing these long spoken word kind of poetry, kind of spoken word pieces over music and and beats. And, you know, he's cited as being a, a, a proto rapper type, you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and but they're good stories with with. Uh, uh, um, Does he wrestle a Russian named the Crusher? If he did, it would be fucking awesome. And it would be like both sides of a record. There you go. You know, like that. That's the thing. Like you can do like ballads don't necessarily suck. Rap songs that don't have a lot of rapping in them don't necessarily suck. But if there's no story whatsoever and nothing to hold on to and nothing to care about. Yeah, then they suck. Like, yeah, you can quite simply just tell an interesting story over a simple beat and have it be really captivating. But there's thing it, it has to be an interesting story for starters and you have to dole it out in a way that's captivating. Well, and these, I, I, these, that's I think that's where he fails on the plus side. These songs are all like three minutes tops. Yeah, like the yeah. whole album is almost as long as the last two songs of Lulu. So they could be shorter. <laughs> well, it could I, be. And I think that's why, well, there's guitar solos. That's I, I, um, I, um, that's why I think the novelty songs to me, I think those are the ones that work the best. Well, they you have know, more and, story. Yeah. Yeah. They have more story. You know, I, I Holy shit. There's a mermaid and it came out of the water story, and it did a right. bunch of stuff. <laughs> I mean, and we're still just, in the first verse. This is like five times as much stuff that's happened in the song before. Exactly. It's very, it's very <laughs> visual. You know, you're getting like this image, you know, implanted right away in your head of what, what's going on. Right. You know, and it's not, I would not describe it as eloquent, right. No. You know, the, the rapping at all, but it's a, at least, at least there's something entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, who doesn't like mermaids? Um, I mean, or, it's, it's 1989. So there's the Danglo leather motorcycle jackets all over everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I can, yeah, I can see it. Did Dee Dee really need to go solo to this? Couldn't he have incorporated this into the Ramones somehow? Yeah. I would just would love. They to would have it. found out that Johnny Ramone was secretly like a really badass rapper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, well, see. I, you know, me, I kind of wish, I, 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 I do kind of wish this, looking back on it now, that, that, um, um, uh, that he had stuck with it and that he figured out how to do it and yeah. then developed it, right? Well, we were kind of seeing the, the learning curve of a very, very young artist well, right, in yeah, this exactly. genre. And, and, and I think, you know, and maybe, maybe not, you know, maybe not, uh, well, I don't know, but I, I just think, I think that, you know, what ends up happening is, is he sort of reverts to doing Ramon esque stuff on yeah. his own for his solo work, which is just kind of like, it's Ramon's light. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, it's like, um, um, Rob Helpfort doing fist or whatever his yeah. you know, alternate band was. Right. You know, it's just like, it's like, no, just, it's like, just, just stick with Judas priest. If you're not going right. to do something different, <laughs> if you're going to do, do something, you're going to, you know, yeah. if you're going to do Hawk wind, you can do something different, right. but if you're going <laughs> to just do the same thing, then just call it. Matt, are you wearing a fist t-shirt? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Where'd it has nothing to do That's with a the band. T-shirt. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, if they come to town, you got to go. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, Oh man! I, part of being a, a a rapper, MC, or whatever, or even being a rock star is inhabiting this character. And I think so much of, you know, it's like I want to talk lots of shit about Vanilla Ice or yeah. you know any of the people that just became you know too famous for their own good around this time um, in hip hop. Uh, you know, you you want to kind of rip on them for being you know not the best rappers or whatever. But the fact is that they 
they inhabited this character that was as much work as the art, you know, being that character is a big part of, and owning it is a big part of, well, there's a reason the why genre. it was successful, at least initially it's because it seemed authentic. Yeah. Even if it was yeah, 100% completely. inauthentic. But the, the thing with this DD album and this persona is that DD Ramon is already DD Ramon. Right. He kind of, in a band where they, uh, all adopted the same surname or, you know, and, and dressed the same. He already, he already stood out like Dee Dee stood out more than Joey. Yeah. As, as being, so he, he kind of already has, he was the weird guy of the group. He's yeah. already in it. He already has his own thing. Everybody already knows that. So to, to see him kind of timidly change yeah. to this other thing is like, it, you're right, Matt. If he would have stuck with it for a little bit longer, it totally could have worked for him. But it's it 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 seems like he's trying to dip his toe into this thing that right. requires like life or death commitment. Or if not, yeah, if not, yeah, right, exactly. And, and if not, if not, you know, rap necessarily, but keep going down that sort of adventurous yeah. path, right? Well, well I think he was more than willing to make rap. I think he was less interested in listening to other rap. I think he he got it sort of. He got enough of it to go, okay, I get the gist, and didn't bother to listen to another rap song ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone played him, you know, some Beastie Boys, maybe some... It makes you wonder. I think, he, I think like, in some of the stuff I read, I think he was going off of one song he heard. Yeah, basically. I think some guy but, uh, at the, the rehab had a cassette of, like, you know, LL Cool J or something random, and he listened to that, and is like, oh, yeah, I understand all rap completely yes. now. I could do this. <laughs> Let me think. I'm trying to think of uh, like Slick Rick is somebody who like did these big long story based like ballady kind of stories and yeah. There's not a, there's yeah yeah there it's it's like somebody reading like a paragraph from a, a, an iceberg slim short story slowly over three minutes or something and it's awesome yeah a again it's because they're interesting stories. Don't have a mermaid though. Yeah, well, I know that's. I mean, the novelty ones do work because they do have the most <laughs> the, the mermaids. Most, you, know, uh, uh, you know, they have they have a linear story that with characters and you know stuff you need for a, a story to happen. <laughs> um, I, I like. There's lots of examples of people not necessarily having a ton of. Uh, um, rhythmically sophisticated or or uh, lyrically sophisticated rhymes that just have a real smooth cadence and an interesting freaking story to tell yeah um you know well and and also also what you said uh, earlier too is like one of the appeal of the ramones was that it it you know, it took, you know, to use the British expression, it took the piss out of rock stars, right? And so it gave you this feeling that, oh, I could do this. They can do this. I can do this. Anyone can do this. Yeah. And, and I think that, that, that whatever's happening here, I, it could have been that, um, uh, you know, Dee Dee kind of, had the same reaction. Yeah, to same reaction. reaction. Oh, anyone yeah, can do this. Yeah, I can do this. Yeah, Why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. Just like I was Throw saying earlier, chain that, and that was the Ramones thing early on. Was that they want? There was this thing that they clearly wanted to do that they all kind of agreed on, but none of them had the chops to pull it off. So the finished product was kind of warped and twisted, and it worked out in a good way. Um, and this here's here's Dee Dee. Like he knows what he wants to do, but he is he doesn't have the chops to pull it off. But rather than it working out warped and way, twisted right? yeah. and you know, ending up as something never before done. 
or you know, a this weird... has never before been done. It just it didn't well, need to a, be. Well, it's like yeah, but it's like what Logan said. It's like ten years too late. It's yeah. not you know. There's been and there's in that short period of time and in, in that decade, there had been an evolution that he seems just utterly unaware of and and. Uh, um, you know, and it, maybe he did want to harken back to the earliest days of rap, but it's not, it's, it doesn't end up, it doesn't end up with, with, as you said, Logan, that sort of twisted aspect to it. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like, this is just a not good version. From of the it. early eighties uh, to 1990 or, you know, this is 89, whatever hip hop does crazy shit. It evolves scary fast. Well, there and was di- a lot of money, a lot of technology, yeah. and a yeah, lot of... Yeah, differently, regionally. Yeah. Yeah, dr- drum machines and sampling and turntablism and things like that. Well, and just um, the uh, attention paid to it. It went from underground to the biggest shit in the universe in yeah. like, you know, six months or something. Both, both technology and, yeah. and, and techniques evolve scary fast in in that eight or ten years yeah yeah and and continue to well they still do but you know but, it's not, but i but mean not that's in, like a not like, in the same way and you know yeah, i was gonna, gonna say the difference between a, a 2001 and a 2010 rapper is yeah not as big it's, it's, no, yeah, these, are, these are these are heavy impactful yeah. times for that music and and so you know dd's like you know you know seven or eight years too late album might as well be like 50 years too late yeah. You know, <laughs> you kind of like, yeah, well, I don't know. Like, this is probably a terrible analogy, so we'll cut this part out. But I was thinking like, like, what if, what if like, like the inactivist, like you collectively, your favorite music, your favorite genre ever was yes. Yeah. And then, so you decide you're going to do, you know you're going to do yes. Songs, <laughs> We're going to do right? a topographical right? ocean. Like, like, you know, there's, there's plenty, there's, you know, y- you know, the inactivists have plenty of musical chops, but it's not that right. Yeah, there's no Rick Wakeman. There's no, um, you know, um, well, whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. You know that, but the, the point is, Matt is that, Kappa, pretty is good that, Chris Squire, but I bet, I bet whatever twisted version you did of those things would be if you were, if it was heartfelt, right. If you it's actually, sincere, yeah. that, right. Right. That, that it would have been, you know, it would have been, uh, you know, it would have been very, very interesting. Right. You know, and, and I think that, that that's the Ramones, right. Yeah. They're looking back on that 60 stuff and it's like, like, like you were saying, Logan, don't, don't know what the hell we're doing, but it's, you know, we're good to try. We're it's try, very yeah. sincere. And it is a weird thing because I think, I think Didi is sincere here, but, but it's like, but he's, all he's doing is it. All he's doing is the rap part. Yeah. And he's very much a novice at it. And the rest of it, I don't know how much he had to do with any of it. Yeah, you know, it, and uh, whoever it was didn't seem interested in either meeting Dee Dee halfway or pushing Dee Dee into the actual realm of where he was trying to go. I, mm. I, I think there's a big uh, uh, parallel between rappers, M- MCs, and and comedians, where the public perception of both of them is that oh, they can just stand up and be funny, or they can just stand up and rap. Yeah, they it doesn't can freestyle, take it. and it, and it works, right? And uh, and MCs, you know. Some of them, you know, most of them develop some freestyling chops, but um, the same thing with comedians where, um, no, they take years to develop seconds of material. It's really, really crafted. And part of the craft is that it's to seem natural and effortless. And if you, you know, if you've ever known anybody who's, you know, like a, a rap, you know, hip hop MC, 
who's, you know, really cares about what they're doing. They're like constantly writing shit down and constantly refining. Yeah. It's, it's a, so there's this perception that it's this natural, easy thing to do. I mean, it's like a guitar solo and it's, it's like, well, he just improvised that in the, in the moment. It's like, yeah, with 30 years of like daily, you know, training to be able to improvise that thing. So is that just the, Improvise, you yeah, know, yeah, it, no, it's like, yeah. it's like, no, that, those are chops sharpened over a lifetime to specifically to seem effortless and natural. The only person that, that I know personally comparable to that would be, uh, the Reverend Guy Marvel. Oh yeah. Or Abby, Abby normal. Um, he, uh, you know, a local, a local, um, MC, MC and used I car guess. dealer and used car dealer. Right. And he, uh, um, literally, and he, um, uh, maybe new cars too. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, he, uh, he had that, he had that ability to, to just, you know, come up with stuff. It seemingly very quickly, but he was doing it all the time. Yeah. Right. You know, so, I mean, so I think he had this, um, kind of warehouse, uh, in his head of, of, uh, of motifs and angles from which to approach things yeah. that, that made it, um, it was just stellar when you, when you, um, you know, when you uh, put him in an environment where he could, you know, um, yeah, there's, there's a lifetime off, right? of, of dedicated refinement of technique and material behind this, just off the cuff, seemingly just fucking around, making it up off the top of my head kind of thing. And I, you know, I, Maybe somebody should have told Didi that before he <laughs> recorded this. Because I don't know, we wouldn't have gotten this. You this know, like, is... I, like I said, he did. He did realize uh, very quickly after the fact. He's like, I tried. I can't really do it. You know, and but you know, that's the part that was missing was the work. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, um, it looked easy. It wasn't uh, easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the end. Lesson easy. learned. <laughs> yeah, I, I well. But, you know, uh, I, I think it's awesome he tried it. Yeah. I huh. believe this is a Joey Ramone story, so not quite DD, but, um, and I might be fucking up this whole story, but there's a, there's a story that the Ramones manager, Danny Fields, went over to Joey's house early, you know, in the band's history, and that Joey pulled out this acoustic guitar and started playing him all these songs he'd written. And uh, um, that, you know, Danny's like, hey, and, you know, and the songs were great. They were songs, you know, they went on to be Ramon's material and that, uh, um, but Danny was like, you know, Joey, the guitar's only got three strings on it. And he looked at him and he was kind of bummed out. He was like, it worked really hard to learn how to play those three strings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and like, I think there's, that's like really kind of the magic of the Ramones and, you know, indeed DD, like there's a outsider art naivete kind of thing that makes it, they're really not quite. approachable and 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 um and enjoyable and and makes it art. Um, yeah, it's not quite Daniel Johnston or Wesley Willis, but it is you know also far below Rick Wakeman and Chris or even Billy Squire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but you know yes, and, the, the and, better bass player. And, right. and, and depending <laughs> on the particular the particular moments, a lot more interesting. which, yeah, is, which no. is curious. You know, like like how that works. You know, there's there's a certain kind of magic. You know, but it's also it also was a you know the it was a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Right. And you know, the, the, the Ramones had a big, long career there. There's no doubt about it, but, but so much of it was, uh, um, 
um, you know, and, and forgive, you know, forgive Ramones lovers out there. I'm not trying to disparage them, but so much of it was nostalgia. Yeah. Right. You know, like the moment happened and then you have a couple decades of nostalgia. You know, I think it's very similar to like, uh, like, the, you know, like um, the Rolling Stones. I mean, they are yeah. at the current, you know, even at their advanced age, they're playing probably playing better than they've ever played in their whole lives, doing fantastic live shows. Yet at the same time, yeah, people are like, fuck them. It used to be cool. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, like, it's, it's all the nostalgia, right? Who are these old satisfaction. Remember when Mick Jagger said he wouldn't want to play satisfaction when he was 40? Yeah, that yeah, was 50 years ago. Right. Matt, <laughs> Matt, you remember these, you know, the classic Ramones albums being new, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. And a lot of people hated that shit. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Like, that's, that's the thing that's left out of the nostalgia is that. Yes, it was very impactful, and it was impactful to a lot of people because they thought it sucked. Oh man, they this. absolutely hated it. They thought well, it was from the a death technical of music standpoint, and, you're like, well, yes, these guys aren't great, I, but fact, that's not the point. If you listen to interviews with a lot of musicians and artists who were really inspired by the Ramones, and they were uh, already doing music when the first Ramones album came out, most of those stories go something like, "I bought this album, and I." listened to it once and I thought it was the worst shit that I ever heard. It didn't have guitar solos. The songs were too short. They were dumb. They were too fast. They, you know, and then at some point I got sucked back into it and realized that, that, you know, they were only doing the foundationally important parts of songs and that that was awesome. But you know, a lot of people who became lifelong devotees of the Ramones and their music and developed their own, musical styles around the Ramones, you know, reacted strongly to the first Ramones albums with this sucks. This is not even music. Like how did anybody let this happen? My eight year old could play this. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we need to revisit this in like a couple of years, like another well, it's 10 been years a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no, I don't think this one's going to get any better. Hey, no. hey, you know, yeah, probably, probably not. Um, but uh, yeah, you know my uh, um, my my nephew has a band called Self Service, and about three years ago, four years ago, they actually opened for um, uh, Marky Ramon at uh, Streets, uh, you know, Streets of London. It was once called Streets of Denver, it's, which is no longer. It's here, Streets here, of here, Nothing streets anymore. Streets of Nothing now. Now, but you know, it's a very small club. But but my my nephew, you know, he was kind of a you know Ramon fanboy, so there was that aspect of it. But but you know, but the thing was is that he was just shocked at how great um, uh, Marky's uh, band sounded, like just how fantastic it was and how great his drumming was. And, and, you know, you just think of it, it's like so, it's so simple, but it's not easy to make something. Not everyone can make something that simple sound so big and so huge and so, so um, visceral, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of times it just sounds like, um, you're half-assing it like you're, or you just don't know what you're doing or you're just sloppy or whatever it might be. And, and I think that, uh, you know, the, the Ramones were a very tight band because they toured so much. And, and I, and I, I think, I think this is just, it's like, I, I kind of, I like it as a, as a cultural artifact. I'm glad you mentioned Woodstock. Um, yeah. I think it's just sort of like, Wow, this is just a weird moment in time. Weird right? shit happened. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah that, uh, but but and I also like that it. I like that it came out because I I think that um, that it's so difficult. I mean, anyone can put anything they want out now. Yeah. But but it's so it's so difficult to find anything because you 
it's just the internet is just overrun with 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 music. It would it would have been you know really kind of interesting, you know, to walk into a record store and find something you'd like it to be good, but yeah. at least find something that's really different. Yeah, right. You know, and and that the fact that that a record company let this happen, I think that is a that's kind of cool in and of itself. Well, um, even if it was a failure, I have been alive long enough to remember record stores and you know <laughs> digging through stuff. But back in the you know seventies, eighties, in 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 prime, digging through crates of records to find stuff with you know nothing but maybe like a cream magazine or something to tell you where to go, you know, I guess Rolling Stones a thing, but we're, you know, pre pre MTV yeah. when you had to go, just ask the, the wizard looking fellow at the record store or just dig through crates of stuff. How often were you disappointed with what you got? Well, when you only owned 30 albums, you better like all 30 yeah, of those freaking albums because that's all you got to listen yeah, to. Yeah, no, I, I, I maintain a vinyl collection or 12 now yeah. because it, I, I have a finite amount of space and I, it's kind of a one in one out sort of thing. And so it's, you know, while I own thousands and thousands of records on CD or digitally, my vinyl collection is the really curated one because I have a finite amount of space and it better be something that I can listen to over and over and over again for years. So you're never going to let that Tubes live album go. I know that. That's a good one. You can have it back. (laughs) It's pretty good. (laughs) It's a double, right? Yeah. One of, I like one of the records a lot better than the other. I I don't know why. I mean, they might be playing the hits on one of them. I, I hate the hits. But, uh, I have a, a bootleg that has all of the songs on it. Oh, it's that's actually, what we were listening. The whole, the whole yeah, show, the whole right? Show, yeah, 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 that, yeah, that's, that's, that's much, it's much better than yeah, the, the yeah. press. But yeah, I just like, I think, you know, back in the day before you could click and listen to a Anything. 10 second <laughs> thumbnail of a song, it's like, I think most people were buying shit at the record store. It came home with a lot of duds and this would just be like, yeah, but you just couldn't afford them or I couldn't as a teenager. Right. Yeah, you had to like, be very certain. <laughs> well, and when you bought stuff at the used record store or yeah, yeah. it was all duds. Cause that's where they, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's where DD King it's ended a bad, up. <laughs> it's a bad sign that they have a whole crate full of, of, uh, standing in the spotlight. <laughs> Well, having ventured into a tubes tangent, that means we are we are wrapped up for this episode. Um, it's there, one of the horsemen of the <laughs> the apocalypse. apocalypse. <laughs> so, is there anything we want to plug? I'm not sure if there's a pluggable thing. No. Okay. Uh, Gord versus Goom at, uh, at, um, on Bandcamp. We we put an al- album over the summer that's um, I am very proud of and is is pretty cool. It's called Paperclip City. You should uh, check it out. Gort versus Goom on Bandcamp. Oh, you know, use the internet and ask internet. your phone to tell you what to think. Alexa, to. play some hot garbage. <laughs> nice. And with that, I guess um, tune in next time. We'll try and figure out who this is. I don't know.